welcome back to Alyssa Explains It All. I hope you're all having a wonderful start to your day or end of your day or I don't know, middle of the day. I don't know when people listen to this, what time of the day, but I hope it's a good one so far. We are actually picking up again on a part of the podcast that honestly started as a series that was going to be on YouTube and ended up being what is now the podcast. And we were interviewing people who are part of the adult film industry or adult entertainment in general, because we've had some like cam girls and things like that on board as well. And so we are picking up again on that series. And I'm so excited about this one because it is Miss D Siren. She is an adult uh, entertainment veteran. She has been in the industry for a long time. Um, and the way that she got her start is really interesting. I was listening back uh, to this recording and I was amazed all over again because she actually started her career as a kindergarten teacher, which what a swing in the other direction. Um, and speaking of swing, she also was a swinger for a period of time. Yeah. So she started her career in the most organic way possible. And um, now she has moved into a new part of her career where she is a holistic relationship and intuitive intimacy, intimacy coach. So she is really a person who's seen every part of this whole process. And so I'm really excited for you all to learn about her and learn from her. So without further ado, Miss D Siren. I'm D Siren and I am a veteran adult uh, entertainer and I am a transformational holistic life coach and relationship coach uh, along with a studio owner love it jack of all trades i love to hear it even the way that you said holistic coach like made me feel calm you have a very calming voice oh thank you <laughs> well welcome i'm so happy to have you today yeah i was excited yeah good so the first question i want to ask you is what has been your journey to lead you to the adult entertainment industry? Like, how did you get here? Was it sort of like, this was something you were excited about or you sort of fell into it? Like, I think that that it kind of happens either way. So what was your journey getting here? I don't think it's a common journey. I didn't start in the industry till I was 35 years old. I was a kindergarten, first grade teacher. I, oh, wow. I have a degree in psychology, I have a degree in sociology. I have a certification in public education and I actually um, decided after about 10 years of having a completely monogamous, regular, uh, as we say, vanilla relationship with my husband to become swingers. And uh, we kind of opened that door to our relationship to being non-monogamous. And during that period of time, it was it was short, but like drastically changing in our life. Um, it was a huge evolution in our relationship, very quick. Um, but we met a lot of people. We threw a lot of parties. We became kind of like the the couple that, you know, hosted every party every weekend. And it became kind of like our secondary life. And he was always the, the guy that took the pictures, you know. Um, but that lifestyle is very 
under the radar. You didn't, you know, people keep quiet. It's very discreet. And I don't know, we weren't very discreet. <laughs> we, <laughs> kind of, uh, we were kind of the people that were like, hey, we don't, you know, we're kind of out here anyway. Um, and um, I was disheartened by the public school education. And uh, I live in Texas and, and really in the United States. I was not, I love the children. I just was not happy with the system. And so that year was very tumultuous, very crazy for me in my job. And I was introduced to the professional side of it through webcam. I had a friend who did it on the down low and uh, she introduced it to me. This was back in 2008. So this was when webcam like was really on the down low. Nobody did it. Like it wasn't like it is now where there's like a million different platforms and it's super easy to you know this is when we had to print a million different pieces of paper and like mm -hmm. scan everything and try to send it in and it took weeks to sign up and I did everything on in private you couldn't really do anything outwardly you could just talk um, but you could have private shows where you could mm -hmm. do you know more um, sexual things privately I did great. I I decided to give it a try over the summer when I, you know, my contract is kind of on hold teaching with the idea that I pretty much was done. I just thought I don't really want to go back there. So, you know, between May and July, I had two months. I made almost as much as I made an entire year teaching in two oh months. God. <laughs> and so I was like, hell no, I'm not going back. <laughs> I did that exclusively for six months. It was hard. I had at the time a three-year-old baby. I was like, you know what? But it honestly, it gave me the flexibility to finally stay home with one of my kids. The other two were older and I had always worked. I put them in daycare from six weeks on. Um, I worked to put them in daycare. I mean, it was like, okay, right. it gave me insurance. And, you know, being a teacher, the government doesn't pay you much in money. Like I, I spent all my time taking care of everybody else's children and I was ready to take care of my own. So the sex industry gave me the opportunity to be with my kids that I didn't have otherwise. Um, and I started my own business. So six months strictly doing webcam, I did it in the middle of the night, nobody was awake. And I worked like 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. It was a killer. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know, you know, left from right. <laughs> I get up in the morning, you know, three hours of sleep, wake up with the baby. Right. Him and but it was one of those things that was still like I was there where I wasn't ever there before. But after six months, I was like, you know what, this is good. But I also was told that I was too hardcore, unapologetic size queen. So like I my toys are crazy. Yeah. So back then I was even more like now everything's a little hardcore, but back then mm -hmm. it was pretty hardcore for, for just being on webcam. So, um, I was asked, do you want to go into porn? And mm -hmm. I was like, well, maybe I had my very first video is called huge holes 15. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was all about big toys. And it was with a girl who became my mentor. I uh, learned a lot from her. I learned to build my own platform. I learned to make my own content mm -hmm. early on. I never really relied on other companies to hire me other than just to market myself. Um, I learned, you know, early on, go out to LA, go to Florida, shoot for Reality King, shoot for Naughty America, shoot for all these big companies, browsers, everybody, just to get your name out there. But really, even before 
you know, OnlyFans even before all these platforms were available to everybody else. I built my own because I knew that really my content was worth more because we don't get residuals like everybody else uh, in the um, mainstream. You know, you guys get residuals. We don't. Um, so I knew my content was worth more if I owned it and I right. could sell it on my own. So I built a big fan base on my own and still have them to this day, regardless of my situation. I've, I've been there for 13 years. They know me. Yeah. I mean, I, I had big breaks in my career because I actually broke my neck in a car accident in 2014. I was nominated for an AVN award, which is like the Oscars of porn for the most outrageous sex scene in 2015. But I had broken my neck like the September before. Um, So I didn't go and and it kind of like my career just like went on pause. But because I built such a large library of videos, nobody really knew other than just me telling them, hey, this is what happened. I, I stuck around. This is like when OnlyFans first started. Um, my friends were part of that pr- process of starting it. So I was one of the first people on it. And oh, I cool. did it like a daily diary in the hospital, you know. Here's <laughs> my upgrade. Oh, how long was that recovery? Uh, five years. I honestly didn't expect to come back. This was not something I ever really considered back then. I, I was like a bobblehead. My head was crooked. It I oh took God. two surgeries to put it back on straight. It took lots of therapy. I have permanent nerve damage on the left side of my body. But it, it, it made me learn to use the mind-body connection so much more. Um, I learned to walk again. I learned to use my hand again. I, I learned to do all the things that... You know, everybody said, you can't do it again. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I'm like, I can, I can, I can. <laughs> so, you know, it's just uh, learning to do everything that everybody tells you can't do. Yeah, it, it made me realize uh, there was a lot more to my life than what I was doing. Plus, I, I really considered like maybe going back and getting my master's, become just a, psychi- a psychologist. So it, I turned to my own skills outside of physical because... I look at adult entertainers, we're performance artists, you know, I consider us a lot like, you know, you can be in the circus, you can be an acrobat. I mean, everything we do, it's like being an athlete, you know, we're just sexual athletes. Like we, everything is, it's, a, a lot of it is very extreme these days and you have to be in top shape to do it because it's right. not easy. It's not like we're just hanging out, <laughs> you know, it's like, right. Takes a lot of strength to do. So yeah, I love the the idea of calling you sexual athletes. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I mean, it really is. It really is. You know. Yeah, and it's cool that you come from a psychology background too, because a lot of the adult industry, like I think, is based on just like creating human connections in some right. way or some form. And so your work is a little bit more on like the, like you said, on the hardcore end, but did you still feel like you were building connections with people, especially when you did maybe more of like that OnlyFans type of stuff where it felt like a diary and creating like almost like support systems for people without really meaning to, it seems to be like, that's sort of like um like an underpinning of, of the whole industry. Well, and, and that's kind of where I, I've kind of transitioned even more to now. I always had a connection, <clears throat> at least 
physically, I've always been super into what I do. Like it was never just a job um, because I'm a very multi-orgasmic person. I'm very much connected to my own sexuality. This has always been, I always said it was kind of like my teenage adventure. You know, I could go back and just do, even though, because I was married and this was something we did together. Um, so it was, it was always something that was adventurous and I never took it as, oh, wow, I have to work, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I just have, now I can say that when I did perform for other people and it was their vision of what I was going to be doing, it, it did become more of a job rather than something that I wanted to do. So my studio that I work for um, and I've filmed most of my films for, yeah, that was like OnlyFans because that was my vision of it or it was my husband's vision. Now even more so, I'm no longer in a relationship. I've transitioned even further. I I don't know. This has become, the sex industry really became a family for me, that it was a group of people that uh, we understand each other. We're on a different level. I feel like we're on a different plane um, of existence (laughs) than a lot of people, because once you open uh, the door to to your sexuality, and especially as a woman, um, you just live on a different plane um, because you don't have the shame, the guilt, the judgment, the fear that comes along with being worried about what everyone else thinks of you. Mm-hmm. Um, you just live on a different unlock, level. Yeah, you unlock all this like power in a way that until you reach that, and and I worked the, my whole like entry into the sex industry was assisting a sex coach who's a somatic practitioner. Mm-hmm. So all of it was very much about like, feeling in your body and that connection between your mind and your body. And even like, you know, she was, she would go into like the neurological connection between Mm -hmm. what you feel and the nerve endings in your hand and how that translates everywhere else because of those. And so I understand so much that like, once you open up that part of your brain, you give yourself this like uninhibited access to like all of this, like she would call it like juiciness, which is really Mm -hmm. like what it feels like it is. Well, and it's, it's, you know, it's the power to me that it's the power of um, it's a sexual power just in general that we have. It's innate. It's, it's a basic instinct that I feel like society has taken away from us in all. I don't think it just applies to women. I think it applies to men too, because if you take the sexual power away from you, then you can control you because it, otherwise we can connect with each other so much easier if if you start connecting with each other f- through physical intimacy through sexual intimacy then you start connecting with each other through experiential intimacy and emotional intimacy and and uh intellectual intimacy all those other things start to connect as well you know and people forget that there's more to intimacy than just sex like and and that's the problem is the just sex i think that through the power of erotica which you know is is the visualization of it and through porn. And I think even the word porn is, is neg- has a negative connotation. And if we can change that to erotica, then it takes away the negative connotation yes. because erotica is, is art. It, it, it's sexual art. And I don't, it, once you remove the obscene and the ridiculousness of it by 
objectifying human beings and and taking us as performance artists and this beautiful human who can create this visual art that you can enjoy and put back in the emotion, you know, put back in the connection, because what you've done is remove the energy, considering that emotion is energy in motion, you've removed the energy by objectifying, it becomes absurd. It becomes like, here's, here's a penis and here's a vagina and look, they're just together and it's moving. And, and it's, it's, very, like, sterile. It, it's very sterile. Um, and I think that that's what my, why my, my films have been so connected to other people and couples. And I have tons of couples that love them is because for one thing, they're real. I don't, I don't really set much up. It's, honestly like people I don't really know very well and I'm like hey of course there is some paperwork to it and of course we meet each other before and that kind of thing but there it's not like it is what it is and when it comes to the actual um connection within it I can even say that personally I would want even more connection my current videos in the past I my husband was really into he was more into watching so he likes you know, things to even be more crazy and more crazy. And mm -hmm. let's just add the crazier to it. But me personally, I think I'm on the lines of being more sensual and even more showing the connection with the eye contact and, you know, the bodies rubbing and the tantric part of it, mm -hmm. you know, is the physicality of the connection just because of the physical intimacy rather than, and the talking, like, I, you don't know how many people have come to me and saying, it's just the verbalization of you actually having a conversation during it, because mm -hmm. that doesn't happen. People just forget that they can communicate with each other. And to yes. hear the consent of saying, you know, I really enjoy that or wow, that's great or here, go here. Oh, let me show you how I like it. Like these kind of things people enjoy. They want to see that. They want to, they learn from us. And, you know, even though we're just entertainers and I think as the adult industry, we want to say, well, we're just entertainers. We're not here to teach you. The fact is people do learn from us. And you have to take responsibility for the fact that they do, because I'll, personally, nobody talked to me about sex. I'm 48 years old. No one talked to me about it. I just sat there like a dummy and was lucky and figured it out. But because yeah. I heard it over, you know, there was no internet either. So like I was just a dummy, but <laughs> you know. That's one of the things that I'm glad that you worded in that way, that even though, um, even though people in the adult industry feel like you know, it's not my responsibility to teach you. There is still like people are learning from porn because they aren't learning from anything else. Right. And especially today, there have been, you know, some big decisions being made in this in our country regarding, you know, sexuality and pairing that type of environment, knowing that most places require only like abstinence only types of education. Like you end up learning a lot from porn because there is not much else. And now we live in a better, you know, sort of a better climate where people are teaching sexuality and really like, like intimacy, like you said, because it's not just about the sterile, like this portion of it. That's really not what it is. And you're kind of like missing out on all of the best parts of sexuality without really embracing the intimacy and the like erotica, like you said. I think if we can, we can put the power of the erotica and the beauty back into it. Mm -hmm. then 
you can stop this attack from yeah. the outside of saying this is just pornography and obscenity and mm -hmm. it's causing these things like trafficking and exploitation which is not true like right. these kind of things come from religious extremists and those are really financially based super PACs to be honest right. <laughs> that are, right. are really raising money for things like unfortunately Roe Wade being overturned today so like with that being the case like these are not these are not coming from a good place these are coming right. from a financial place and you know it is to change our policies within our country to flip them back to when women don't have rights and yeah. they it will come after now our my industry which to be honest if you're in this industry and you've ever been, been to a convention or you've ever been to any kind of event that involves us you would see that we are the most diverse the most loving the most caring people there's nothing about us that is like a negative sense like there sure there's negative people like you can't stop some type of sociopathic narcissistic psychopathic person from you know intervening in some part of your industry like that just happens everywhere yeah. but that's not the majority of this industry and the majority of this industry really truly wants to create art mm -hmm. and that's why we've been content creators forever and then and that's why we also start a lot of the things that turn in to things in mainstream we start the process because we create all the time and we have to create outside the box because nobody supports us so we have to begin new new ways of doing things and we have to work together and we collaborate really well and we build these connections with each other that we are a family and sure you know it's strange to say like there's a sexual component but that's not you know obviously that's not the kind of family i'm talking about <laughs> but, but <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like you know we we've got each other's backs but it should be that way you should have your tribe you should have your community yes. and you sh and we need to stop being so individualistic that we separate ourselves from each other and realize that it's better to actually collaborate with each other and work together and just stop denying that we're sexual beings like if we want to continue to be human beings then we can't just cut that out of our lives i agree completely and you've had a really interesting kind of going back to like your journey through all of this your whole like sort of arc through it is really amazing because you started I mean and now like your your whole image is like the hot wife which we love mm -hmm. and so but you really like that like you you were the hot wife in real life and the hot wife in your career and now you've transitioned transitioned into this like you know holistic intimacy erotica space and it seems like it's such like a natural progression I think but I love that you started from being married and having a family and this just being like like something that felt fun and exciting and like in some ways I'm sure just like an easier alternative to to the other type of work that you were doing but do you feel like you're you were obviously married but do you feel like your relationships whether it meant romantically or outside were affected by the work that you chose to do or do you feel like you felt like relatively accepted in your community and and your surroundings everything changed everything yeah. changed but change is inevitable like yeah. and this is the thing 
change is inevitable, change is necessary if you want to evolve and you want to grow. And struggle comes with change. And and the thing is, is that I chose, I, I originally came from a, a background in a family that was more um, conservative. Like I said, I'm from Texas. It, it, my mom and dad have been married forever and they're high school sweethearts. Like that's not, I, I didn't marry my high school sweetheart. I married, I married the rebound guy that I hooked up with from, from my job, but I, I didn't find somebody at the club. So I asked him to hook up with them. I, I ended up marrying him. Like we were, to be honest, we were the two slutty people from the restaurant that there, and we like married each other. And so like when the two sluts marry each other, you know, what do you expect? What do we expect? <laughs> like, I mean, to be honest, like, but we had children and we were dedicated to being there for each other and for our children. And, and he will always be a life partner of mine. But what happened is, to be honest, is the door was open to my sexuality when he opened the door to me being non-monogamous. Mm-hmm. I was always monogamous. He was not. It was, but I... I was, I'm not a cheating type of person. That's not my personality at all. I suck at lying and I just, I just don't do it because I, I just get caught immediately. So what's the point? The moment that door was open, I also opened my sexuality to being honest with me being a bisexual and being super comfortable with that and liking girls as much as I like men and realizing that I, I just enjoy people. Like, to be honest, I'm, I'm more um, pansexual. I don't really have any type of person that I like, except that I'm, I'm sapiopansexual. I'm super attracted to intelligence, Mm -hmm. um, and, and conversation. So I, I've realized that really my, my intimacy is more experiential and intellectual and educational. I prefer that intimacy over the physical and the sexual. And maybe that's just because I've I've tapped out on those two things. Um, You've but conquered I, a lot in that I've done, space. I, I've literally done everything. But but what I kind of did is I've realized though, um, I've gone through my own personal growth journey. And a big part of that is having a near-death experience. I, I it really like, it, I got unplugged. I felt like I was unplugged and plugged back in, almost like a computer being rebooted. Mm-hmm. And it gave me a different perspective on life. Like when you have to really go inward and focus on yourself and healing. Don't only heal your body, but you heal your mind. And I had my own sexual trauma when I was a teenager that I happened to me only a couple of years before I met my husband. I was, he and I had been together from 19. Well, and we're technically still married. So, I mean, we've been together our entire lives. Um, And, you know, we separated after 25 years. And so being that case, it was just like, I finally got to a stage where I realized I, I needed time to heal. I needed to finally look back at that inner child and, and look at her and figure out, wait a minute, like, what does she need? Because I'd given myself to the family and I'd given myself to him and what his vision was of me, which was a porn star. And, uh, you know, and I gave him everything every part of me and my children, every part of me. So now it was time to actually see who are you, you know, because I am a codependent person. And that's what I found through my body healing and my mind healing. So it was just time to say, okay, maybe stop 
and look at yourself and give yourself time to figure out your relationship with you so that you can be a, have a better relationship with the whole world. And I, plus I just totally believe in not limiting love. I was so tired of having to limit love in every situation. I grew up with a mom who always felt like the family came first. You shouldn't care about anybody else. You shouldn't care about friends because the family always comes first. Then it was the husband who he came first and everybody else was secondary. So it was like, I'm, do I'm done trying to limit my feelings towards the world that I feel and mm -hmm. why can't we have more love in this world? So yeah. I'm just a poly person <laughs> and I just needed to be honest about who I was. So yeah. how can I uh, tell other people as a coach, you know, to be an authentic person because I have my own podcast and he and I had a podcast together and I would sit and talk with him and tell everyone I'm so authentic that like, I'm just not being authentic. Right. <laughs> so right. In the end, I just thought, okay, I have to just be who I am and, and accept it wholeheartedly and, and live those actions. So mm -hmm. like, I, I just said, that's it. I'm just gonna, I'm going to actually, you know, walk the walk and not just talk the talk. So mm -hmm. that's what yeah. That's awesome. That touches on such an amazing part of like, not even amazing, an interesting part of the like female experience, especially, especially for like moms. Like I think about this with my own mom all the time. She's very much like your family comes before literally everything. Mm -hmm. And I think to like some degree, I do agree. And my, my family is like my biggest priority, but there's like sort of your chosen family that you have too. And I know that you know, especially being in, in an adult industry that can feel a little bit harsh outward facing, having that family type feeling within your work is important and mm -hmm. feeling like you have chosen family within your friends. But ultimately that type of um, like upbringing leads you into a place where you put yourself so far down on the list that now you're an adult with children who are you know, mostly grown. And now you're like on your own self discovery, which is amazing. And I'm so happy that you're here. And I'm excited yeah. to see, you know, what's next for you. Um, so you have been, um, are you uh, like completely retired from the like porn space now? And you just I know you have all of your content up on your website. But are you creating content now? Or have you sort of closed that door? Um, um, well, that I'm, I'm currently in a um a program for so I have a life coaching website. Um, I do holistic life coaching, which is through my karmasutra.com. And it's a karma sutra means action rules. So that's how I believe is my action rules my life. Like I, mm -hmm. if you don't take action, you don't nothing changes. Um, and I, um, I, I pretty much do relationship and intimacy coaching there at this time. But mm -hmm. I'm I, in a um, coaching school which is called the dharma institute so it is more spiritual and uh sole purpose coaching okay. uh, so i'm pretty much adding that to it because you know i do believe that i have a purpose like i felt like after my near-death experience i felt like there has to be a reason i'm here and i but i I do feel strongly that I have a connection to sex work and sex workers uh, in general. And this family, like, this is not something that I want to leave, nor do I have any interest in leaving. And on top of that, I also feel like I have a connection to 
the general public and those who have been affected by um, sexual assault, sexual harassment and abuse. And I feel like it's something that like, you're not very well healed through clinical psychology. Mm -hmm. um, I considered myself going into clinical psychology to help with that, but realized that their uh, education in, in human sexuality is not very good. They don't really delve into it very well. And they immediately, especially if you're a sex worker, they immediately go into the fact that that's your problem, um, is your job. Um, and not really with the understanding that there is probably a lot of underlying problems Mm -hmm. um, outside of the job being a problem. Right. Um, and I just feel like that it's, you can't just use your basic trauma approach to sexuality because it's just so complicated. It's mm -hmm. such a complicated thing and you have to feel super, uh, you have to feel super comfortable, excuse me, with the person you're talking to that they're not going to judge you they're not going mm -hmm. to have any feelings towards what you're talking about because mainly because you feel like they probably experienced something about it that they just and with my experience i've done everything i've right. literally been to every dungeon every this every and every kink every like i have no feelings about any of it nor do i have like i feel like you should do whatever you want to do like it's your your life, your body, like, especially like even this decision today, like these are things that you as a human, it's your path. This is your mm -hmm. path to take. This is what you should be doing. Everyone has their own path. Everyone has their own perspective and no one should have any way of feeling or judgment or thought on anyone else's. Yeah. So, and that is something that I just want to build into my own life coaching somehow offer that as a, means of being able to be healed in your own space where it's it's just a space to be open to be able to share that with people that are not going to judge you and yeah. i think that there's a lot of i think that there's a lot of um need um especially in the sex worker community just to have that space available yeah. and to work through relationships because it's hard it, it's hard to have uh, a long-term relationship in this industry and it's hard to have a relationship in general if you don't have a good relationship with you. Yeah. What do you feel like are some of the challenges that people who are working in the um, as sex workers face when they're in these relationships? I think, like, I would assume it would be along the lines of just, like, jealousy or mistrust. But do you feel like there's any other, like, common things that come up for people? And I'm sure, like, shame to some degree because of what other people have to say. Um... Well, okay, so like family-wise, my whole family disowned me uh, when really? they found out what I did because they are conservative and they have a different idea of what life should be like. And they felt like it was, you know, going to come across as something bad on them. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where I feel like people just need a way to deal with the the judgment and understanding that that's everyone else's perspective. That's their own, um, putting their own shit on you. <laughs> you know, it's not you doing it. It's them and projecting that onto you, uh, rather than you doing anything. And it's, it's just the, 
it is something that you're going to have to deal with. And, you know, actually having a relationship, I think the women in this industry become super independent. They become super strong and realizing that they don't have to deal with insecurities of men. Men have insecurities that cause jealousy and women have insecurities that cause jealousy. And that's just people. But they that's the problem is that jealousy is all caused by your own insecurity. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with your partner. And um, it's what causes all the problems is just yeah. realizing that. And there is a huge uh, problem with control in monogamy uh, because monogamy really it was made or, you know, because it's a construct, mm-hmm. human construct, and we made it to control our partner. It's yeah. So that Historically, humans are not issue. Like you don't yeah. abandoned by the person that you like and they don't, mm-hmm. they can leave you. Yeah. Uh, so. And historically human beings are not monogamous. No. Like we are, that's not our actual we're not human penguins. nature. Yeah. We're not, that's not within our like DNA to be monogamous. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It is, it is something that we sort of created as a means of control. And mm-hmm. um, I can't remember where I had read this. So don't quote me, but I'm, I remember reading that originally monogamy became and marriage became a construct because they wanted to be able to control who was getting pregnant by whom. And that was sort of like the beginning of this whole thing. And so, you know, I think that, that now people have become so comfortable with it, that it feels like that sort of like, I mean, that is the the path most people end up taking now but it is interesting to consider that that really isn't actually what we are sort of meant to do no i mean it's especially true in men the reason men do not stay faithful and even that word like Mm -hmm. like what do you mean by faithful like what does that even mean like if you're not a religious person then why right mean like that word existing in the religious space and then existing as it does with in relationships is so not weird religion, I never thought of that what does that mean like there's yeah. no faith involved right so, I mean that it doesn't it's not something that is natural they are intended to go out and make babies with other people like mm-hmm. that's how a natural human being would work and and we used to live in tribes like we literally it is natural for human beings to want to be tribal that yeah. is also why we always have a competition. That is why one team is against the other, or one state's against the other, or we have the right. Republicans against the Democrats. It is always why we will always have one person against the other, one group against another, is because we will always try to become a tribe in some way or fashion. It's how we make community. Mm-hmm. And it's na- it's natural for our for our being to do that like that's just how we connect with each other in society so with that being the case like it's it's ridiculous to want to and this whole idea of becoming individuals even more so in in the united states is i don't know i don't i think it's a failure (laughs) i think it's a failure on the part of well white people (laughs) more than anyone to be honest Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, like generationally, my family, the they've been hurt by it. it, it mm-hmm. You know, they've hurt themselves. The the women have put themselves in a situation where they are disconnected. They're disconnected from each other. They're disconnected from 
themselves. They're, they mm-hmm. have be, all become codependent. They've all become where they connect to people who are not positive. They're mm-hmm. in toxic relationships and there's no connection to family anymore. They, they don't show any kind of emotion. They don't show any kind of physical love. There's mm-hmm. just super disconnection. Yeah. And it's sort of like in that pursuit of building this, I'm, I'm my own person sort of thing. And yeah, I think you're right that that's super generational and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, my family, they're super white. Like they came here with the cotton trade. I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it. Like I look at me, like (laughs) it's just a fact. Like these are just the facts. You can look Mm -hmm. at my ancestry. (laughs) Like that's true. And I'm a southerner, like I'm a southerner and even worse. Like they just think, oh, okay, where my mother says they're wasps is what they're called. They're white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Yes. Which, you know, even like Monty Python, if you if you pay any attention to like the English comedian, like they make fun of them because mm-hmm. they're, you know, they they're like super like Yeah, that like we cannot talk to anybody. Like yeah. they're like robotic and they just, you know, they don't, but that's actually how they all act. And you know, it does make them where they have social issues with other people and mm-hmm. how to deal. They're all super intelligent people, but you know, it made us all autistic. So I mean, it's just—it's like okay, like it is that something we want? Is is that what how we breed? Is is right. is to make us like not be able to deal with society whatsoever? Because right, right. We are so individualistic that we don't know how to deal with other people. Mm-hmm. You know, is that what we truly want in our family line forever? Right, uh, right. It, it, I love how connected you are to like this whole part of like the human experience. And, and I don't think that it's like an accident that you started working in an adult industry, working in like the intimacy space and have sort of like made this whole um, transition now. And, and your um, take on it is so cool because you've really looked at like the bigger picture of, of, the way that like you as a person and you as like, you know, this person from Texas and part of this, you know, wasp family, whatever, how that has impacted sort of the the community. And then it also kind of takes into account like who you are at the core of your being, which is like super into like erotica and those deeper connections and the mind body connection. And you sort of like rolled it all into this like big, huge critical thought. And I love it. Like, it's just, it's so cool to see. And I hope that more people in this industry are kind of looking at it that way because it's, it's, it brings so much humanity and like wholeness to it. And obviously people are enjoying are enjoying porn and adult entertainment in a way where it's sort of, especially now, like quick little clips or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And looking at it in like this grander scale, this larger picture brings so much more depth to it. And it's so much more like interesting and important and like fulfilling. Well, I, I really way. hope to, to break generational curses. Like yes. I really feel like my purpose is to break generational curses to help people realize that we're not just objects mm-hmm. that we are, are there is a human inside of the the people that you watch mm-hmm. and and see that that we we're not all messed up either we're not unintelligent people most of us are moms most of us are 
super intelligent. We run our own businesses. We file our own taxes. We work hard. We are not just trying to get, you know, some quick money. And, you know, we're entertainers, just like any other entertainer in this, in this whole country world, whatever we, we want to entertain you. That's why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you know, for me personally, I just want it to be a more beautiful experience. I want people to be more connected with each other. And I want people to realize that, you know, sexual connection is something that's natural and it just shouldn't be women should be more positive about it. Like you just should feel more open and excited mm -hmm. about your own sexuality and not be afraid of it anymore. I love that. And I'm so happy that you're in this space and using this message. I love that. So to wrap up, um, what would be obviously like my, for my mainstream audience, I think that that's like a beautiful message um, that, that you guys are, that the people who work in the adult industry are, moms and you know people who have families or people who ultimately people who are in the industry because they wanted to be there not because mm -hmm. it was like some tragic accident that they're no, there yeah. yeah so what where can people find you what are some things you want to plug you're working on this amazing like coaching journey and i want people to be able to find you in that capacity too especially people who are sex workers or considering sex work having the support of somebody who's been in the industry but is also sort of like created this whole now other business out after that right i think it's so important that you're here and so anything that you want to link to or plug this is your space to do. <laughs> well my instagram is my main one is uh it's the love siren unfortunately instagram likes to discriminate against us and we are all tagged as terrorists so <laughs> Um, Shadow band. Yeah, yeah. We're actually on a terrorist list. It's crazy. Are you actually um, on a terrorist list? We, we are. All of us. Anybody that's connected with the adult industry, we're on the terrorist list. Can't wait um, to be on that. Yeah. <laughs> they literally have checked us as terrorists, so we get we get flagged for terrorism. Um, so it, my main one is the. It's just t h e dot love siren l o v e s i r e n, and then my coaching one, which. It's actually not on the terrorist list, so I'm crossing fingers. Um, is uh, my dot karma sutra k a r m a s u t r a, not karma sutra, but karma. I have like three other Instagrams, but you'll just figure those out. Because <laughs> like I, I'm afraid that one. I've had 13, so like we'll see how many get killed before you know the next one comes up twitter has always stayed the same luckily it's mrs siren mrs s-i-r-e-n no i'm not married anymore but i will continue to use that um and um i i did my i did my years i can keep them in. yes um, and then um my website is mykarmasutra.com. That is my life coaching website. Like I said, I do intimacy and relationship coaching as well as holistic, um, really holistic life coaching. I've, I, I, you know, really to me, relationships all start with you and how you look at your own life. Uh, I just want to give you a new perspective on life. I feel like everyone has a, a purpose in their life and you just have to really just look outside your box and, mm -hmm. and get out of where get out of your own head. Um, I also do live shows on ePlay, which is a webcam company. I work for them and I'm an ambassador. I do yoga and 
uh, meditation. So I teach how to regulate your nervous system and help with stress and anxiety. Um, and then I do, uh, I do so much. I don't know. Um, <laughs> let's see what else. Uh, there's MrsSiren.com or DSiren.com. Those are both my websites. So you can check out all my adult stuff there. And OnlyFans.com slash MrsSiren is my fan club and new stuff comes out there. Love it. And I love this whole conversation. And I hope that we get to have many more. I would love to have you back. And yeah, I really just appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Thank you. I have so much fun. Thank you so much for listening. As a reminder, we are always accepting questions about sex ed, about relationships, life advice. We will accept it all. We would love to hear from you. So send us an email to alyssaexplainsitallpod at gmail.com.